the series that we started um, last week, I believe it was, on being spirit-led. Um, I believe that we're coming into a time where we need to listen to our spirit and learn our spirit and learn how our spirit operates uh, more than anything. Um, because what looks, because the looks of the natural may not be good. Okay? How many of you know, but we're not natural creatures? Some of you should have looked in the mirror this morning and known that you weren't natural. But we're not natural. We are spirit beings. We house a body. This body is a shell. What goes on in this world is just what's happening around us. We operate on a whole different plane. We operate on a whole different level. You are a spirit being. You, like we looked at last week, you were birthed into the garden as spirit. God breathed into man and he became a living spirit. He became, actually it's where it says he became a speaking spirit. And it's, it's, it's time that some of us need to get back to the point where we understand that we're not just tied to what we believe is reality around us. People say, well, you need to live in reality. Well, which reality would you like me to live in? This reality or the reality that says that I am birthed straight out of the nostrils of God. See, when God formed man in the garden, he, he formed him and then he breathed into him, his, right into his nostrils. He took a breath and man became pneuma. He became spirit. And so we need to be led by our spirit because in days that may come, it may not look great in the natural, but we're not living in the natural. I'm telling you folks, it doesn't matter what happens and it doesn't matter what way we go. We got to understand, we got to remember that we are spirit-led people. And so that's what we're going to continue to focus on till the Holy Spirit says different. Because I believe that there are things that are coming that we have to be prepared for. If you got a Bible, you can look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Um, and I'm reading out of uh, J.B. Phillips, I believe. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. And he says it this way. He says, this is the reason why we never collapse. Though the outward man does indeed suffer wear and tear, but every day the inward man, your spirit man, you are created as a spirit. He said, but every day the inward man receives fresh strength. These little troubles which are so really transitory are winning for us, us a permanent, glorious and solid reward out of all proportion to our pain. In other words, what we're going through and what we're facing right now, when, when we get to the other end of it, is gonna be so far out of proportion to what we went through to get there. Oh, Because the victory is gonna be so much bigger than the trial ever was. Because the, 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 the victory is going to be bigger than your battle. And he says it's gonna be out of proportion with all of our pain. For we are looking all the time, not at the visible things. See, that's our problem. <laughs> that's our problem. Surely as we look at the visible things. But he says, there he says, we are looking all the time, not at the visible things, but at the invisible. The visible things are transitory. They're just here for a moment. 
The visible things are transitory, but the invisible things that, but it is the invisible things that are really permanent. See, God doesn't always work right out in the open. I heard a, a minister one time call him Jehovah Sneaky. <laughs> Jehovah Sneaky. So, so there's a lot of times he's working things out behind the scenes that we aren't even aware of. You, 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 we, we, you see, we're trying to operate day by day and he operates in eternity. And he has already laid eternity out ahead of us and we're trying to get through today when he knows the end from the beginning. And I like what it says. It said, we, <clears throat> he said, we're not, look, we look all the time not at the visible things, but at the end. See, this is what being led by the Spirit is. This is what me it means to be Spirit-led. It's when we become Spirit-led, we can take our eyes off of what's happening in the immediate and begin to see what God has laid out even into the future. Did you know that God wants you to see into the future? Well, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. You're designed that way because you're designed in the same nature as him. Come on. He breathed into you. You carry divine breath. We walk in the limitations here but we are not supposed to be living after these limitations. And I believe that we're going to see in the days to come, and especially in this year, that God is going to begin to show you. The word says, he says, I will show you things to come. God wants you to know what's facing you. We'll get into some things in a minute. He says the visible things are only transitory. They're in a transition phase. So everything you see right now is in a transition phase. Did you know the laws of reality break every day? Come on. You gotta go with me. Jess, you go with me, okay? See, right now, it's a reality. We're in this room. About 35, 40 minutes from now, reality will change. It was a reality you drove here in your car, but in reality, that reality changed the moment you got out of your car. You see, we think that we're bound by a set of rules. Oh my, going in trouble now. We think we're set by bound rules of things, and we think, well, this is what, well, just face reality. It's hard to face reality when reality is continuing to shift. Come on. Amen. And these light afflictions are but for a why? Because reality can shift. Amen. In a moment, in a blink of an eye, in the moment you say the word Jesus, reality can shift and your situation that you're facing right now will change at the, draw, at the blink of an eye. Whoo, glory. This is, this, is the, this is the type of being you were created to be. Well, you just can't speak against reality. Why? Reality is not set. You say, well, now, now, I already gave you one example where reality is not set. You were in your car. Guess what? That was real. You're not in your car. Now you're sitting here. Guess what? A few minutes from now, 
This reality. So the difference is, is we've got to learn to stop operating in the momentary and realize that we are spirit beings who have always been led by the spirit. We come from eternity. We are going to return to eternity. So why don't we start thinking along eternal lines? You okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 8. You say, well, man, you're, you're, you're teaching all this kind of, I'll, it's time for the church to get, the church was founded on weirdness. They thought they were weird. That's why it says you are a peculiar people. You're supposed to, we're, we're, we're supposed to be strange. And for those who haven't awakened to this great salvation, they should scratch their head going, I don't understand how that happens for them. Why? Because our, the veil has been torn off of our eyes and we're no longer focused on this reality. Oh, Romans chapter 8, he says, if you live by your corrupt nature, you're going to die. But if you use your spiritual nature to put to death the evil activities of the body, you'll live. Certainly, all who are guided by God's Spirit are God's children. If you haven't received, I'm sorry, you haven't received, now get this, the spirit of slaves that lead you into fear again. See, when our eyes were blinded to the glorious greatness of this salvation, see, it was easy to operate in fear. But now, those of us who have awakened to this great salvation, who the Word says that the minds of our eye, the, 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 our eyes have been opened to what's really going on, we, 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 we come into a different place to where we understand that we're not operating from the position of slaves to the things around us. That we are connected eternally to the divine. You're his breath. That's the reality. Oh. You haven't received the spirit of slaves that lead you again into fear. Instead, you have received the spirit of God's adopted children by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And the spirit himself testifies with our flesh that we are the children of God. Come on, people. Somebody should have corrected me there. I got to echo, Perry, if we can... He says, the Spirit himself testifies or declares as true. Isn't that what a testimony is? A testimony is a declaration of truth. If you're called to testify in court, you work, and they, they put your hand on that thing. I, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You, what you're saying is that you are giving a declaration of truth. So what's the Spirit do? The Spirit comes down, and He doesn't speak to your flesh. He doesn't speak to how you feel. He doesn't speak to the anger that you kicked the dog with last night. He doesn't speak to the word that you let slip last week. He begins to speak to your spirit, and as He speaks to your spirit, and as He declares as truth to your spirit that you are, are God's children. He's not trying to deal with your flesh. It's your job to deal with your flesh. Come on. 
God's job is dealing with your spirit. And your spirit needs to rise up. Let me tell you something. If we will get people to wake up to the reality of who they are and what Christ has done in them, they will begin to automatically take care of some of the things that they're doing in their flesh. That's destroying them. So it's our inward witness. It's the spirit testifies with our spirit, not your ears. Not if you feel like it. He testifies to your spirit. That what? That we are not trying to be, not hoping to be, not going to be, not being transformed into, but we are God's children. That's what God is saying about you now. God wants you to be more spirit conscious than he does conscious of anything else. The church has not done a good job with this, Ted. We've made people more sin conscious Come on. We've made people more wrong conscious. We've made people more duty conscious. Do this, do, you know what I mean by duty, right? Do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. When God says you need to listen to your spirit because as you listen to your spirit, you'll begin to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying you are God's child. Act like it. Be that. Just be what you are naturally meant to to be. Ephesians chapter 3. Are you with me this morning? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about some things that may make us upset a little bit. Just remember, you love me. Whether Sandy wants to or not. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. See, you're named after God. (laughs) From whom the whole family of heaven and earth are named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit, where? In the inner man, that's your spirit. God wants you strengthened, not so much on the outside. Let me tell you, when you get strengthened on the inside, you'll be surprised what you can force your outside to do. (laughs) Amen? But see, when God begins, when the Holy Spirit begins to speak with you, and part of being led by the Spirit is learning to listen to the inner man, learning to listen to that voice that speaks in the middle of the night when no one else comes. You see, your strength is going to come not to your flesh, but to your inner man. And when your inner man begins to awaken and begins to be led by the Spirit, all of a sudden that energizes your flesh to continue to get up, to go, to not quit. And see, what Holy Spirit wants to do in you today is we have to understand that we are spirit beings in the same category as God. Now, wait a minute. Let us make man in our image. So we are made in the same category of God. We were created spirit. And when man sinned in the garden, what did he do? He clothed man. This is me, I believe this is their clothing. 
We were created after image and likeness of God. Spirit. Remember we read it last week, God, or two weeks ago. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and truth. So before we can truly listen with our spirit, I'm going to start covering some things over the next few weeks. And uh, we're going to look at all kinds of different stuff, but sometimes you need to know what not to do before we know what to do. Amen. Um, Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. You know what's sad is teaching like this becomes controversial. And it's really who you really are. It's what the word says about you. Bob, this should never be controversial. John chapter 14, verse 16, he said, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper. King James Version says comforter. In the Greek it said paraclete, which means one who was called alongside to help. Here you go, believers. Quit depending on the Holy Spirit to do all your work for you. That word helper or comforter means one who's called alongside to help, work with you. We're going to cover this in a little bit deeper in a few minutes. It's not God's job to do everything. (laughs) Now, wait a minute. I will. He put man in the garden to what? Do the work. He wasn't going to get involved. I'm in trouble now. He put man in the garden and told him to tend it told him to keep it, let him name all the animals, let him do all the things. It was man, earth was man's re, re, domain. It was where God put Adam in the garden and told, said, this is yours, man. There it's yours. Okay. He said, and I'll pray the father and he will send you another helper or comforter that he may abide with you to, for till tomorrow. That he may abide with you until you blow it that he may abide with you until he can't stand you anymore and jump ship. So that he'll abide with you forever. Realize, Holy Spirit's not trying to get out. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. We read a scripture last week out of Proverbs. It says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord that searches all the inward parts of the belly. See, this, you're a candle. It's illumination of what God is going to do in you. And so I want you to remember those verses. Can we go back to the top of those, Bobby, please? Those verses right there. He said, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Go ahead. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him. Why do you know him? Because he dwells in you. Dwells with you and will be in you. Folks, it is time... And I believe that, especially starting this year, I just felt a a huge shift 
happen in the spirit that I believe that we're going to have to depend upon our spirits and our spirits hearing clearly the voice of God. Jody was talking about intercessory prayer Tuesday and I wasn't going to bring this up. But I was sitting back there and I was praying and we we're listening and uh, I, ha- I had a vision of Holy Spirit. He come to me and he was dressed all in blue. He, he was blue that day. And he comes to me with this big giant goblet and he hands it to me and he says, drink. You know, in Song of Solomon, it calls the house of the Lord, the house of wine or even intoxication is what that, when he talks about it. And he said, in my house, there's plenty of wine, but at my table is plenty of room. And he began to talk to me about, it's different. If I come over to your house and I sit down and you offer me a drink, we're going to share a drink together. We're going to share a laugh. And, and you know, it, it, it might be your favorite iced tea or your favorite whatever thing that you make up. And, and we're going we're gonna to share that drink. But there's something more intimate when you say, come to my house and let's have dinner. Because I'm going to put something before you that I have worked for. And there's a level of intimacy that happens. And that's what he began to talk to me about. He said, there's a lot of people that come into my house and they drink the wine. He said, but not a lot of people come in and want to sit at my table. In that place of close personal intimacy. And this is what I'm talking about in this this series, being spirit-led, is a place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit to where you are not wondering if you heard God, but you know you heard God. In Judges chapter 6, you don't have to turn there yet. And uh, the word says an angel of the Lord, a messenger. You find out later as you read this, this was God himself came down and sat under a tree where Gideon was working. And as he sat under that tree where Gideon was working, and he called him, he, he said something strange to him. He said, God is with you, you mighty man of valor. And immediately Gideon began to argue. No, you don't know my people. If God was with us, why is the Midianites attacking us? If God was with us, why do the Midianites and Amalekites come through, they raid our crops, they take everything, and we're, we have to start all over again. He said, and why would God be with me? I'm of the, my people are the lowest of the low in the, in the tribe, and I'm the lowest of them. Isn't that funny? When God starts to talk to us, we want to give him every excuse of why we can't do what he's telling us to do. I need you to go and do. Oh, wait a minute, God, you don't know who you're talking to. I have a problem, Lord. I've done this, I've done that, I've been there. See, we always want to give God these excuses. And so he, he told him what to do about tearing down the, the altars of Baal. And so it tells us that Gideon went through, he got him a few, a few men, I think it was about 10. And he was too afraid to do it during the daytime, so he snuck out at night and tore down the altars of Baal. And then when he found out, when he got found out that it was him, he got all nervous and tore up and turned sideways. And how the next part of this story has become a staple in the Christian church, I'll never know. Now remember, you love me. (laughs) And I love you. But we have turned 
something that is so filled with doubt into a spiritual belief. Go to Exodus, not Exodus, sorry, Judges 6, verse 36. Because God tells Gideon Gideon to do some other things, and here's where we pick the conversation up. Judges 6.36, and I'm reading out the voice. Then God said, then then Gideon spoke to the true God so that I can know it's true that you plan to use me to rescue Israel. Now stop right there. He had already been used by God. God had already done something great in him. He had already turned over the totem pole. He had already turned over Baal's altar. God was already beginning to use him. But here he comes back to God. Just in case, I need, I need assured that you are really talking to me. You know what happens here? Well, we're getting to it. Because I know we don't ever do that. Well, God, I just need to know that you, it, this is you. You know what what that's bred from? That's bred from bad teaching and people who have been taught not to listen to their own spirit. Everybody go like this. It's okay. He said, God, so that I may know that you're going to use me to rescue Israel, I'm going to lay out a wool fleece on the threshing floor. How this has become... A staple in the Christian church, I don't know. When it's as immediate, was done in doubt of what God said. This is an act of doubt. It's not an act of faith. I don't know if I need to duck, because here's where people want to stone you. But I've laid out fleeces before. God's so gracious. He's so good, Brent. He said, I'm just, just so I know, God had already used him. Just so I know, God, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put out this wool. <laughs> he said, tomorrow morning, if it's wet, with the dew and, and while the ground around it, the floor around it is dry, then I'll know. See, what are you saying? I don't trust the word that I hear you speak to me. So perform for me like a monkey. Who nobody would ever say that to God. We say that stuff like that to God all the time. Because we've not been taught to hear our own spirit. We've not been taught to listen, that he testifies to your spirit. He said, so just to show, just in case I didn't hear you. Now I'm talking, God appeared to him and he told him, he said, stay right here. I'm gonna go make you some cake and some wine. And when he brings it out to God who's sitting under the tree when he called him the first time and called him a mighty man of valor, what's God do? He said, put it on the rock. Puts his staff over the roof and the offering's gone. And then he disappears and he's still wondering if he heard from God or not. He looks around and the messenger from God is gone. I wonder if that was God. Well, what if it's just myself? There will be times you get it wrong. But that's why we learn to listen to our spirit. <laughs> I'm going to lay out a wool fleece on the threshing floor and tomorrow morning if it's wet with dew while the floor around it is dry, then I'll know. Not that your word is good enough. 
Not, you know why? Because he hadn't learned to trust his spirit because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit spoke to prophets. Y'all okay? Okay. He said, then I know that you're going to, God, you're going to use me to deliver Israel as you have told me. In other words, your word isn't good enough. Man, y'all breathe. It's okay. Isn't that what he said? Not in so many words, but he said, your word's not good enough for me. Do me a favor. All right. So the next morning, that is what it, what it, that was what he found. Well, then why did God do it? Because God is gracious and kind and loves us in, in spite of our stupidity. <laughs> and so the next morning he came out and that is what he found. In fact, Gideon wrung enough water out of the fleece to fill a bowl. And while the floor around it remained dry, but, but, like a big old goat, But Gideon wasn't satisfied. Isn't it funny that he had a word from God and God did something amazing in him. Then he wasn't satisfied with that word for God and said, now perform from me. And when God performed from him, he still was. This has became a modern teaching in the church that is filled with doubt. Now there's no condemnation if you lay out fleeces. But the greatest thing you can ever do to hear from God is listen to your spirit. He's speaking to you all the time. How do you know this is full of doubt? But Gideon was like, now that wasn't full of doubt. See, it's in the Bible. Yeah, and I know. And look at the very next words Gideon says. Now don't be angry with me, God. He knew what he was doing was pushing God toward anger. How did this become a staple in our, in our faith? This is gonna get me in so much trouble, Jody. Please don't be angry with me. Go ahead to the next verse. Please don't be angry with me. And I'll ask one more thing. Your word wasn't good enough. Your performance wasn't good enough. Let's see if you can reenact it. Does this sound like faith to you? Well, I'm going to stand in faith. I put a fleece out before God. You're not standing in faith. You live in Missouri. Who gets it? Anybody know what Missouri's license plate says? The show me state. Show me. He said, don't be angry with me, God. And I'll ask one more thing. Please let me use the fleece again. To, to prove that you are with me. You know why? Because he hadn't been taught at that time to listen to the Spirit because the Holy Spirit spoke to prophets. This is one of the first instances where we see God actually dealing with, not, not one of the first, but here we see an instance of God actually dealing with a person and them arguing about it. One of the first ones is, is uh, Moses. I want to use you to get a, uh, lead my people but God, I don't talk good. I stutter. I don't know, God. See, not taking God at his word. 
You, okay. Please let me use the fleece again to prove that you're with me. But this time, let me lay out the fleece and let it remain dry while all the floor around it is wet with dew. And again, God in his gracious mercy, God did what he asked that night. The next morning, the fleece was completely dry <clears throat> while all the floor around it was wet with dew. Gideon knew that God was calling him to deliver Israel. Gideon should have known at the word of the Lord when he declared over him that he was a mighty man of valor, that word should have been good enough. When is God speaking to our spirit gonna be good enough? Well, God, well, we don't have fleeces nowadays, no, but we say, okay, God, if you do this, then I'll know. See, if you ever have to ask God that, he's already spoke to your spirit and told you what to do. Are you with me? Guidance and direction was, was, was in the Old Testament by the prophets. In the New Testament, there, in, in the book of Acts, they're gathered in one place in the upper room. There, there, appear, there come a sound of a mighty rushing wind and there appeared over them cloven tongues of fire and nowhere... Ooh. And he baptized them and he sat on each of them. Folks, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when on that day that Jesus was crucified, the Bible says that the veil in the temple was rent. That's when the Holy Spirit got out. Man tried, not that he couldn't get out, but you know what I mean. Man thought that's where God's presence was. And here we see that God's presence is sitting on everyone. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is so that you can listen to your spirit. God is spirit, you are spirit. He speaks to spirit. He testifies with our spirit. We don't need a sign to know we've heard God. But I like a sign. See, what we're doing is we're asking a supernatural God to perform something in the natural because we're limiting our <coughs> reality to the natural. When we've already seen that reality changes like that. But see, it's, it's because we haven't learned to listen to our spirit. And a lot of times we do stuff like fleeces. I went to pastor a church one time. I had been a part of this church a, f a few years before. And we, we had been gone and the pastor left and they said, come over and preach. I already knew. I told Dee on the drive over there, we get over there, they're going to ask, because we knew each other, we were all close, so they're going to ask us to pastor this church. I knew going in they were going to ask me to pastor the church. Why? Because I listened to the Holy Spirit. And so we're walking in and they said, come over and preach for us. So we went over and preached. I said, Dee, just be ready. She said, uh, okay. She was out there with Reese. We were going through changes. And so we walked in and they said, well, let's walk into the pastor's office and, and sit down. And if y'all know me very much, I'm a fidgeter. Please don't be offended if that looks like I'm doing like this. Talking, I'm listening, I promise I'm listening, Steve. But we're sitting in that office and, and I reached over and I picked up this key off the desk because I'm a fidgeter, okay? And I, they went crazy, Kim. 
And I'm like, we, we put that key on that desk. That's the, that's the key to this door. And we put that key on that desk and we said, the man that picks it up will be our pastor. Well, what if a baby would have went in there and went, oh, look, a key. <laughs> what if some heathen would have walked in there that they're trying to cast a demon out and he goes, huh, key. <laughs> I can get into this place with this. See, we try to ask for the natural things and he wants to speak to your spirit. God performed something in the natural so I know it's you. When he's trying to get us to go back to the realm we came out of and that is the spirit realm. And the New Testament believer shouldn't be laying fleeces out before God. You should know to trust your spirit. But what if I miss it? Welcome to humanity. You're going to hear it wrong sometimes and you're going to miss it wrong. That doesn't mean you miss it every time. Yeah, but if God shows me a sign, I'm glad you said that. Matthew chapter 12. I'm trying. I, I really want to push through this, but I told Ted this week, I said, this will probably get me in trouble. But, you know, I, I'll just keep asking God for signs. And later, he says in the message, in Matthew 12, verse uh, 38, I'll give you time to flip it. He says, later a few religious scholars and Pharisees cornered him, religious people and teachers of religion, cornered him and said, teacher, we want to see your credentials. Give us some hard evidence that God is in this. How about a miracle? These were people who weren't, were, these are the same people who killed Jesus later. And they wanted a sign. They were throwing out a fleece. And Jesus said, you're looking for proof, but you're looking for the wrong kind. If you got a King James Version, he runs around and says, a wicked and perverse generation seeks after a sign. He said, you're looking for proof and you're looking in the wrong place. All I want, all you want is something to titillate your curiosity, satisfy your lust for miracles. The only proof you're going to get is what looks like the absence of proof, Jonah evidence. A wicked and perverse generation seeks after a sign, but yet fleeces have become part of our religious culture. Folks, you are a spirit being. You should be performing signs, not looking for them. Fleeces are our attempts to get God to perform for us. When he, want, when he wants you to listen to your spirit, Gideon knew he was angering God. Now, God, don't be angry with me. But let's do this one more time, but in reverse. And again, we should be performing the miracles. Uh, thank you, Lord. Go to 1 Kings. 1 Kings. Chapter 19. I'm reading out of the message. <clears throat> Are you getting this today? The whole thing is to hear your spirit. God is constantly speaking to your spirit. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about 
listening to your inner voice. We're going to talk about words of wisdom, words of knowledge. We're going to hear prophecy. We're going to talk about dreams. We're going to talk about visions because these are all ways that he speaks to your spirit. And you have the ability to see and hear and receive from God in all these ways. Well, I don't know about all this stuff. He said, then, now we know this story. Elijah had already uh, called down fire and burned up all the prophets and, 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 and now he got scared the next day. He sees a miraculous thing of God. Then he gets scared. Sounds like us, don't it? We hear a word from God. And we're like, oh, now wait a minute. How do I know that was really God? What if I really missed this? You will sometimes. <laughs> he says in verse 11, and then he was told, go stand. So he's hiding in a cave and the voice of the Lord comes and says, what are you doing here? God, I've been so zealous for you. I'm the, I've been, I'm the only one there is, God. He said, go stand on the mountain. And so he goes and he stands on the mountain. And he said, go stand on the mountain at attention before God. And God will pass by. And a hurricane ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't found in the wind. If it, oh, that's gotta be God. Mountains were ripped in that. The rocks were split, Idra. That's got to be God. They're looking for a sign, a natural thing for a supernatural God. And after the wind, an earthquake. But God wasn't in the earthquake. Surely this is God. The whole ground shook. Surely this is God. But it wasn't God. And after the earthquake, a fire. Okay, I've seen rocks split open. I've seen the mountains split open. I felt an earthquake and now there's a fire. I know this is God. <laughs> but God wasn't in the fire. And then after the fire, a gentle, quiet whisper. King James Version says, a still, small voice. See, the reason why a lot of times we're looking for fleeces rather than being led from our, from, for, from our spirit is because if he does a work, I don't have to pray. If he does the work, then I don't have to figure this thing out. When the paraclete, the Holy Spirit is one who's called alongside to help you. See, we ask for a fleece because God forbid I have to pray about something. God forbid I have to wait for an answer. See, the fleece I just throw out there and I'm just gonna go over here and sit. Well, it didn't happen. I guess that wasn't God and the whole time we missed what God was trying to do in our life. God forbid we fast. Y'all do know God fasting does nothing to change God, right? But man, it sure allows you to grab control of your own desires that may be harming you. Okay. So we'll move on because that's not a popular one. He says, and after the fire, a gentle and quiet spirit whisper. And when Elijah heard the quiet voice, he muffled. Why? Because there was more power in the whisper from God than there was in the fire, the earthquake, and the wind. There's more power in the whisper from God. See, when you hear somebody whisper, it means you've got to get real close. 
That means you're in somebody's space. If, if, if Bill's going to whisper to me, because Bill's, or I'm going to whisper to Bill because Bill's hard of hearing. See, I've got to get, I've got to get in his space a little bit. Make him nervous. See, this is intimacy. When you begin to learn to listen to your spirit, where God's not having to scream at you to get your attention, you have now entered into a whole new level of relationship where you recognize his voice, even if he whispers. There was so much power in his whisper, he covered his face. Oh, glory to God. He muffled his face with his great cloak, and he went back to the mouth of the cave, and he stood there, and a quiet voice asked him, So Elijah... Now tell me, what are you doing here? And he gives him his whole spiel again. Everything's bad. Everything's awful. They want to kill me. They're going to take off my head. I'm the only one left, God. And he said, I got 7,000 you don't even know about. See, it's learning to listen to our spirit. In the Old Testament, the common phrase from a prophet was, and the word of the Lord came to me. But you don't see that in the New Testament. Why? Because the Holy Spirit resides in all of us. In the Old Testament, we said the word of the Lord came to us. Or we all heard the word of the Lord. And, and, and so we've got to learn to listen to our spirit and to our inner man. That even when God whispers, we hear it. Joel said, it, I mean, uh, Peter looking back at the day of Pentecost said this about Joel in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, he says, he says, this is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says, this is what I will do in the last days. Folks, this hasn't changed. God is still God, amen? Hebrews tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you can expect God to speak to you through this manner. In those days, I will pour out my spirit on everybody. And cause your sons and daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions, prophecy, visions. And your old men will experience dreams from God. Dreams, these are all how God speaks to your spirit. These are what we're going to cover over the next few weeks. And the Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike. And they will prophesy. God is looking to speak to you in visions, in dreams. It's not weird that Jody's had a couple visions. It's not weird that the Holy Spirit came to me. I didn't think it was weird at all, Brent. He was blue that day. Look good. Some of you all may not know, but if you do, good. If you don't, listen. Dee and I spent a couple years in Manitoba, Canada. And in that place, uh, we were uh, being asked to come up and look at a Mennonite church uh, to pastor. And uh, taking your family out of the country is rough. I don't care if it's just Canada. You know, let me tell you something. There's never just. And uh, I go to bed one night and I wake up and I begin to tell Dee this dream. In my dream, I am met at the end of this road by the law of this town. It was, it was, you know, it was a sheriff or whatever. And I couldn't see the face. I do know it was female. They said, I've been waiting on you. 
I need you to come with me. And, 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 and so she took me to this restaurant. And, and, and I remember looking at this restaurant. I can remember the color of the walls. I can remember all this stuff. And I, I, I was looking at all this. And when I got up, I told Dee about it. I said, this is weird because we're getting ready to go to Canada for the first time for our first visit. And I'm like, I, I, I believe that was from God. And she said, you think so? I said, yeah, I believe that was really from God. And so we began to, and I described it to Dee. And as we get into this town, I'm going, ooh, look at this. Well, the next day they come and tell me, they said, we want to meet for breakfast. And we went to this restaurant, it's called Zan's. And I'm coming in and Dee's looking at me, I said, I told you, because I had seen the very building, the very name. I described it to her as we were walking in. I said, the carpet will be this color. The walls will be like this. We're walking in. I said, around this corner, there's a picture of, I think it was horses. I said, there's a picture of uh, some jockeys on horses right here on, on this wall. And we walk around and it's exactly, I, I described that room and that restaurant to her in detail. That's not something strange. That should happen to us all the time. I've got more I want to share about that later. I mean, Adria, down to the tablecloths. I knew we were going to Canada. I had seen it ahead of time. The Word tells us that the Holy Spirit will tell you of things to come. See, we've become so afraid of the prophetic things of God and the spiritual things of God that we've likened them to falsities that exist in the world. Holy Spirit wants to know and, and lead you through this part of your life. Um, and so over the next few weeks, today's just an introduction into what we're getting ready to get, really get into. We're going to talk about hearing your spirit and him speaking to you in dreams, him speaking to you in visions. Everybody should be having these visions. Well, what if I get it wrong? Guess what? Congratulations, you're not the first. <laughs> but what if I miss it, Idra? You're not the first. But God wants to speak. And being part of being led by our spirit is learning to interpret what the spirit is saying to you. And he speaks in dreams. He speaks in visions. He speaks in prophecies. Well, I don't know if I believe all that, but it's in the Bible. <laughs> mm. And the Holy Spirit, go, I'm going to close with this one, Bobby. John chapter 14, verse 16, from the uh, Aramaic Bible. It says, and you and I shall request, now this was Jesus' request. And I shall request from my Father, and he will give you another comforter. Now, the Aramaic Bible actually says a redeeming Savior, another redeeming Savior. In other words, one who is just like me. Holy Spirit is just like Jesus. He said, I'll send you another comforter that he will be with you for eternity. Holy Spirit is dwelling in you right now. You can hear him. It's easy. 
Learn to quit looking for everything else to answer the question that he's speaking in your spirit about. For he is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it has neither seen him nor know him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and he is in you. We are supposed to be spirit-led people. And that's what we're going to look at over the next coming weeks. Dreams and visions. And I'll tell you, unless Holy Spirit changes my mind, which he's been really good at, next week we're going to talk about just learning to listen to our inward voice. We mistakenly call it our conscience. <laughs> but we're gonna, we're, that's what we're going to discuss. So that's what's, what's happening. But dreams, visions, it's all from God. Now, Bob's going to be at the back. And I'm going to pray over you here in just a minute. Uh, please, let's sow into Open Arms Pregnancy Center. Uh, Matt, do you have the other basket? Matt's going to be at this door. Uh, so let's sow into Open Arms Pregnancy Center. Uh, we, we firmly believe in the right of life. We firmly, firmly believe that... Uh, Life begins in heaven and is lived out through this earth, but it, becomes, it, it comes straight from God. And so we want to sow into what they're doing there. Guys, thank you for listening to me. Let Holy Spirit this week begin to just stir in your spirit. I hope he speaks so loudly to you that it startles you in the car. I hope, you, I hope he talks to you like he does me. Dan, I can't get away from him. It's in the showers where he decides. Because I guess because I can't run anywhere. <laughs> he decides to talk to me in the shower. But folks, God wants you to be led by your spirit. That's why you're there. You're our spirit being. Amen? Father, I thank you for today and I thank you for who you are. I thank you for these glorious spirit-filled people. I thank you that their spirit is divinely connected to you. I thank you that they hear you clearly. I thank you that they move on your words quickly. And I thank you that they are directed and driven by the spirit of God. I praise you, Father, for speaking to them. Holy Spirit, I thank you that this week you're talking so loudly. I know you're always talking, but now they just can't get away from it. So Holy Spirit, invade our thoughts, invade our dreams, invade our bedrooms, invade our showers, invade our cars, and let us know that we are connected. In Jesus' name, amen.